Welcome to Jiri Snacks, snackable episodes about the Jiri exam and graduate school admissions. I'm Tyler, founder of Achievable. We have a $199 Jiri course that includes everything you need to issue Jiri. A full textbook, tons of Jiri questions backed by our memory-enhancing algorithm, and full-length practice exams. You can try it out for free at achievable.me, and if you like it, you can use the code PODCAST to get 10% off at checkout. Now let's get started. So today, we have Erfan Gula from GRE Compass on the show with us again. And uh, do you just want to give a quick intro about you and your company? Sure. Uh, thanks, Scott, for having me. Um, so my name is Erfan Gula. I've been a GRE tutor for the past 15 years. I have a perfect score on the exam, and I am a sole author of McGraw-Hill's Guide to the GRE, which has been out since 2013, over 100,000 copies sold. Uh, you can learn more about me and my company at grecompass.com. Fantastic. And so really happy to have you on the show today. Um, today's topic is how GRE scoring works and how it should impact your study habits. And I think this is crucial. I think a lot of people don't quite understand the way that the test is structured and, and this will be really valuable for them. So if you want to kick it off. Sure. All right. So high level with how the scoring works. So it's important to understand that GRE is what's called section adaptive. So the way section adaptivity works, if we think about your quantitative sections, you're gonna get two scored quantitative sections. The first scored quantitative section is gonna be mostly medium level questions. Now when I say medium level questions, what I mean is the following. Every question you see on the exam will be categorized at a level of difficulty from one through five. <clears throat> one being easiest all the way up to five, which is hardest. Your first score section, be it quant or verbal, will be mostly medium level questions. So mostly threes, you know, a couple twos, a couple fours, maybe one one, maybe one five. Your performance on that first section will then land you in one of three possible second sections. If you do very well on that first section, you'll get the hardest second section, which is going to be fives, fours, and threes. If you do okay on that first section, you'll get the medium second section, which will be four, threes, and twos. And if you don't do so well on the first section, you'll get the easiest second section, which is going to be threes, twos, and ones. Now, what's important to take away from this, sort of the next step, is the way the GRE arrives at your score. So again, just focusing on quant, the quantitative section is scored from 130 to 170 in one point increments. Now, the way they arrive at that score, you know, the composite score via 162, 157, so is, you know, it's important to understand they don't use what's called linear scoring. Linear scoring is what you're probably accustomed to in your high school and maybe college education, whereby mm -hmm. Percentage correct corresponded to a certain to a certain grade. So like eighty percent B minus, eighty five percent B, ninety percent A minus, and so on. The GRE is not simply paying attention to the percentage correct or incorrect. Instead, it's weighting the questions by a level of difficulty. The way we could think about it is mm -hmm. the following: getting a level five question correct is worth five times as much as getting a level one question correct. And the flip side missing a level one question hurts you five times as much as missing a level five. Now, the math doesn't quite work out that way, but that's just a, a way to sort of approximate it to conceptualize the way the scoring works. The important point, again, it is, it's the weighting, which fundamentally missing easier questions hurts you more than missing harder questions. Getting harder questions right helps you more than getting easier questions right. So mm -hmm. that's high level how the scoring works. Ultimately, based off of the different levels of difficulty we're getting right and wrong, they'll do a sort of weighted average and that's gonna determine your overall score. So one important takeaway from this is understanding two people could 
overall get the same percentage of questions correct, but get largely different scores based off of the actual distribution. In particular, if somebody didn't do too well in the first section, they'll get the easy second section. They might kill it. You know, they might get like 19 out of 20, something like that. But because they're only seeing level threes, there's going to be a ceiling on their score. Whereas somebody mm-hmm. who sees that hard second section might only get like 12 out of 20, but because they have so many hard questions, that's, those will be weighed more heavily. So they'll be able to see a higher score. And, you know, one thing you can do if you've already taken the exam, if you go into your ETS account, uh, there's something called the ETS Diagnostic Report, which is provided for free to all test takers. It's usually available a couple of weeks after you take it. And it'll actually give you a breakdown by question difficulty of your entire exam. And one thing you should really pay attention to there is the level of difficulty of what you were missing. And, and in particular, I actually want to mm-hmm. expand on this point. Yeah. You know, last last time we talked about sort of misconception of the GRE and you know one misconception that's tied to scoring is thinking that you really need to focus on those level five questions that you know to get a good score you have to just blow those out of the park. But the reality is this, you know, one point I made earlier, missing easier questions hurts you more than missing harder questions, right? And if you think about yeah. a, a big implication of that that really signifies that silly mistakes and just gaps in con and core content knowledge and strategies will really have a negative impact on your score. So when it comes to how the scoring should inform your studying, what you really want to pay attention to is, am I focusing too much on the hard stuff at the exclusion of some foundational topics? Very often right. I'll see people who just really want to focus on probability or combinatorics, or just like these these more advanced concepts that they master level fives. But then what ends up happening is you neglect the basics. Maybe you're not as strong as you should be at data interpretation. You know, maybe you're bringing some ones and twos as a result of that. Maybe you're not efficient on quant comparison, and consequently you're spending too long on those, and then you don't have time for some of the easier discrete quant questions. You know, where the case may be, if you don't give sufficient attention to the conceptual and methodological foundations, you'll end up missing what I call gimmies. You know, gimme will call anything level one, two, or three. You miss those questions, mm-hmm. and sure, you might even get some fives right, but missing those easier ones is gonna hurt you so much that it won't be offset by how you perform on those fives. And you know, I say this coming from a lot of experience, having seen the diagnostic breakdowns of a lot of students. You know, I've seen students who, you know, took this sort of inefficient approach for studying where they overemphasized the hard stuff, did very well in the fives, but then made a ton of silly mistakes, missed a bunch of one and twos. And somebody who was probably capable of like a 165 only got a 160 because they left so many easy questions on the table. Now, yes, that is fixable, but mm-hmm. it's something you really have to be mindful of and vigilant for. Because the issue is psychologically, when we're studying, these easier things we just take for granted, right? We assume like, hey, I know how to do a, a standard linear system of equations. I don't need to practice that and so on. You don't practice it on game day because of nerves, anxiety, and so on. You end up rushing, making a silly mistake. You miss that question. And again, it's going to have a sort of negative cascading impact on the rest of your score. Right. And it sounds like also that essentially if you're talking about total points that you could earn, like the easiest points are just getting the easy questions right. And yeah. also you're never going to get that harder section anyway if you don't get those easy questions right. Like that you could be studying for something that you'll never see. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, if you're the easy question, just again, they're so easy to take for granted. But yes, you need to. I mean, just for your composite score, they matter a lot. But also, yeah, to Tyler's point, if you're not mastering those, you're not going to see that hard section, and then all that study you put into some of the advanced content will be for naught because like <laughs> you're not going to be able to show it to the scoring algorithm anyways. Right. Um, I think the I think the other part too is also just that like those permutations and combinatorics problems are just less frequent anyway, regardless yep. of difficulty. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, exactly. Right. And it's, you know, it's something I mentioned last time, right? When things take more weight psychologically, it's thinking that they're going to actually matter more in the exam. And ultimately, you know, like you can, I mean, I don't want to speak in absolutes here, but unless you're going for a 170, if you don't master every small component, probably combinatorics, you'll be okay. I mean, the reality is, that time, a lot of times, is better spent making sure that you're stronger at arithmetic. In particular, you know, core things like percents, manipulating fractions, um, you know, being strong at exponents, linear equations, algebra generally. And that, that goes a much longer way toward improving your score. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. So that's, you know, again, the high-level takeaway there being, you know, making sure. And, you know, like, one consequence of all of this, you know, generally – the way I recommend students structure their studying in a way that's informed by scoring is, you know, I try to recommend doing studying in two phases where phase one is just mm-hmm. devote, you know, call four to six weeks, however much time you need to developing a core foundation in the content and strategies where there's really no hole in just your ability to get level one to threes correct, right? Make sure you're just killing those. And then from there, yeah, then you can start moving on to harder concepts and harder questions. But if you're a little bit too trigger happy, dive too quickly into those harder questions, try to master those. There will be gaps in your knowledge and approach, and ultimately that will show up on testing. Yeah, and you need to have that foundation of the you know easy to medium stuff anyway to do a lot of the harder questions. And so it's just like it's all in your benefit to do them in that order. The yeah. other piece of it too is um, – I mean, the, what am I trying to say here? Basically, the I think the other part of it also is that after your first phase, or at least maybe this is my addition to your recommendation, is after your first phase, don't just forget about all those easy problems and never look at them again in, while you're in phase two of studying. Like, oh, make yeah. sure you're coming back to and re-reviewing the stuff that you've already mastered just to make sure you've still got it and that it's still like fresh in your brain. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's just high level when it comes to studying. I mean, part of your process should always be having, you know, allocating some component of every week to just a thorough review. You know, you know what I usually recommend to students, depending on their availability for studying, but like something like on Sundays, giving yourself two to three hours of just doing a comprehensive review of questions from earlier in your preparation and make sure that, you know, what you had mastered, you still have mastered, that you're able to, you know, just continue developing and reinforcing on that. Right. Great. And then anything else on how the GRE scoring should impact your study habits beyond your two-phase approach? Well, you know, it's similar to what we're saying. I mean, when you're reviewing questions as well in your practice tests, uh, on the ETS website, so, you know, there are five. There's a two free practice tests for Power Prep, right? They're called ETS Power Prep, mm-hmm. Power Prep 1, Power Prep 2. There's the three paid ones, Power Prep Plus 1, Power Prep Plus 1. Power Prep Plus Two, Power Prep, uh, Power Prep Plus Three. That is a mouthful. <laughs> That's a tongue and, twister, yeah. <laughs> um, and the nice thing about those three paid exams, I mean, it's unfortunate you have to pay for them, but they do give you more data. In particular, they do tell you the level of difficulty of what you're missing. 
And so when you take, if and when you take those practice exams, I recommend you should, because, you know, official practice exams are important. When you take them, pay attention to the, de- the difficulty of what you're missing. You know, really pay attention to, okay, I, I'm shooting for a 160. I got a 156. All right. Why did this happen? It's easy to think it happened because you missed that random probability question or whatever. But go and really check, okay, did I miss some ones, twos, and threes? That should be priority number one. Review those first, really figure out what went wrong there and make that a priority. And then, yeah, to the, once you feel confident that you understand that concept and that you also have proper methodology in place to not make that mistake again, then worry about those fours and fives. But be careful about doing these practice review looking at the tough stuff only addressing that when most likely the biggest culprit and the most and the easiest culprit to address is missing those easier ones right that totally makes sense thanks very much all right this has been jiri snacks hosted by tyler from achievable you can try achievable's jiri course for free at achievable.me and if you like it you can use the code podcast to get 10 percent off